0: Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is, uh, you know, a unique podcast uh, most every week uh, where we kind of get in a more in-depth conversation about one topic with one guest. Uh, You know, Bubba, because if you're going to be in our business these days, you must have a standalone podcast. Yes, you must. Yes. Because
1: everyone has a podcast. Yes, we do. And And I mean everybody.
0: And as professors uh, handing out degrees in common sense, from Rick and Bubba University, our student today, Chad Slade. Chad uh, is a former New York Giant, also played uh, at a very high level uh, at Auburn University, was on the 2010 National Championship team, Uh, and we'll talk to him a little bit about that whole story. Uh, So,
1: first of all, Bubba, let's say hello to Chad Slade. Chad, welcome to Rick and Bubba University. Hey, Chad.
2: Hey, how y'all doing? Thank y'all for having me. Let's
1: go, Chad. (laughs) Chad, we want to cover a wide range of topics with you, so we want to dive right in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you start, you play football at Moody High School. Mm Mm-hmm. When did you think, I can play at the next level, and when did you start getting recruited? How did that work?
2: Uh, so I had a coach, uh, Matt Glover, at the time. And he, um, at the time, I was a D lineman, and I didn't know really much about football. I didn't know what what my next thing was. And he comes up to me one day at practice and was like, hey, you want to play college football? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, why not? And he's like, we're moving you to O-line. So after I moved to OLAN, then offers started coming in. Um, I ended up getting my first offer when I was in the summer, I got it from Mississippi State went to a few camps and uh ended up getting my, my dream offer uh, Auburn University and I took it in so that was like as soon as I got that one, I committed I committed there I was loyal that was it for me I think I was the best thing that's happened to me
1: so I guess the recruiter and I don't know who recruited you came to the school and mm-hmm. I mean how excited were you when you saw somebody wearing the logo of a school obviously you wanted
2: to attend that they're coming to talk football with you. Uh, it was it was amazing cuz I mean my school we're not really you know now we are pretty big on it but uh we wasn't really big on being recruited back then so this was like a first thing for everybody you know everybody was going crazy um I think the person that was recruiting me at the time was Trooper Taylor so you know how Trooper Taylor was he had all the energy in the world he (laughs) had all everything so like everybody was so excited to see him and you know it it was just a blessing to know that you know it was up here for me and seeing all these coaches come in and it's no better feeling than you know the office calling your name and like you know how you got a college coach coming to see you today so so
1: you go and sign with Auburn you get to college. Tell us about that transition. Was that more or less? How how did you... How did you see that transition from Moody to the SEC? It's got to be a big jump.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a really really big jump. Um, it was you know coming from a school that's you know not really you know nobody really knows where Moody is because um, everybody asked me all the time like where's Moody and I was like <laughs> if you know who Charles Barkley is we're the town next to him 24, twenty four <laughs> right. twenty minutes five minutes down the road <laughs> right, that's yeah. that's where we are and um, honestly it was it was a big it was a big transition for me uh, especially getting there I had uh, one of the the meanest, strength, and conditioning coaches, but I love him to death, oh, Coach yeah. Kevin Yox. Um, yeah. So, you know, he gave me a welcome to the SEC kind of a workouts when we first got there. And you know, at the at that time, you know, I was the mama's boy, so I used to call mom. I was like, "Mom, this is hard. You know, this is I don't know if I can do this." And she was like, "You're going to do it. You're going to love it." Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, I think I had a pretty good freshman year that year. So,
1: what did your first workout look like?
2: Since uh, you mentioned that, what was it like? So, this is what they did to us. They um they took us to Camp War Eagle. Uh, they fed us really good. They, they gave us pizza. They gave us, you know, all this variety of food. And we get back, and, you know, we're like, this is our first workout. Our first workout was four full gashers. Um, I think we had half gashers wells, and, like, people were just passing out left and right, just left and right, left and right, cramping up, uh, just throwing up. It was, like, it was most one of the... Like it was like a horrific time right there. I mean, if anybody could record it that time back in the day, it would have been it would have been a good good thing to see for him. But it was it was a big clear uh, clear entertainment. But it was a big transition for me, and I think I mean it made me the man I am today. Yeah, you know, having
0: a, a dad who coached college football and then my son actually played when you played. Y'all were in the same era mm-hmm. uh, for a big portion. of That we'll talk about that a little bit. But you know, it, there is. All, all schools do it, but what they normally do, they'll go out and really offer more than they really have because mm-hmm. they know there's going to be some that just can't take it, that they can't hack it. Mm-hmm. And so there is an attitude when you first get there of let's weed out who really shouldn't be here. Yeah. And and that's what you're talking about because mm-hmm. they, wanna, they realize there's some people that are going to be replaced by the new class. Mm-hmm. There's some people in the new class that maybe – they look good in, at the high school level, but they can't really take this. Let's find out. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that first part is really a check to see if you really want to be here yeah. and if you can hack it. And and the thing that – and I'm sure we'll talk about this as you go up the levels. You know, when when you're a good player in high school – for you, you'd be facing defense. I play defense because that's where the athletes are. Mm-hmm. But, but, the, the, uh, but but when when uh-huh. <laughs> but I remember playing defensive line. Out mm-hmm. of the five offensive linemen, two of them might be good. Mm-hmm. When you were playing offensive line, out of the defensive line, one or two might be good. I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah. But when you take that next step, mm-hmm. there is nobody that you're facing. That isn't any good. It's yeah. just what level
2: of good, mm-hmm. but they're all good was, yeah. was was that a was that a did that become apparent pretty quick? Yeah, that came like at the end of the day like when you come in, like you have to realize people go based off of stars like oh I'm a five star, I'm a four star. I'm this and right. that coming in, I was a three star. but once you sign that paper and you enter those doors, Everybody's a five star. everybody's a three star. It doesn't matter about your stars at that moment. I mean right. my first welcome to moment uh, and I can remember back in the summer we were practice having like a player on practice, and I got bull rushed by Nick Farrell. I'm just getting into the yeah. into the college world. I don't know what's going on i'm yeah. I'm just trying to get better, trying to make them better. and I think me doing that and showing them that you know my mindset was a lot different from the other mindsets because, you know, most of those people in my class, we came in, I came in as number one recruiting class, of course. And, you know, you had Cam, you had Brandon Mosley and all that. My my job was to come in there and try to get me a job myself. Yeah. So I had that, had that mindset, like I have to outwork everybody and, you know, try to, you know, do what I have to do to get on the field. And I was actually blessed to be, you know, with Blake and everybody like that. And, you know, it's I was the only freshman that got to travel that year. So, yeah. you know, after that, I mean, I went to – literally all the games, got to dress out in the national championship yeah. game. It was probably the most, you know, amazing thing. Like I've told y'all, it was an amazing thing, an amazing atmosphere to be around. So
0: yeah, I was, uh, Blake was talking about that and, uh, he, he was telling me about you and he said that the problem that you had from the veterans mm-hmm. and he said, and they didn't understand, he said you and he were going all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about, full speed all the time. Yeah. And he said, the veterans would get on us and say, quit trying to be a hero. And he yeah. said, I just looked at them and said, y'all got a job. We don't have one. <laughs> exactly. we're, we're, we're trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So this is our chance. So I'm sorry. We we can't turn it yeah, down absolutely. because they watching us right now. Mm-hmm. But the veterans a lot of times would be like, look, ease up. Mm-hmm. And Blake, we said, well,
2: Chad, now we couldn't ease up because he's trying to get on the field. Absolutely, I mean, that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, like you have to realize, like we're trying to get y'all ready for a game. I mean, right. yeah. I had to learn that once my my years started going back and I started getting more years. i was like, hey, that hardworking, you know, scout team member right there. He was busting his butt, but oh, at the end yeah. of the day, he made Saturdays a lot easier for me to get out there and go do what I do. So I I applaud. I mean, of course, you're going to have your your people that's going to go hard and you're going to get mad and all that, but you have to realize like they're they're trying to get you better and you know. Sometimes I would go to games and it would be a lot easier than how I was at practice because of how that guy was giving me a look. Yeah, and oh, I think yeah. we took I think we took so much advantage of that's when me and Blake had so much in our embedded in our minds that we were going to make it and get out there and that's what we did and we was going to go to the hardest.
0: Yeah, it it, it was one of those things. I mean, when you can go to college, that's a big accomplishment. But when mm-hmm. you go into a premier conference like the SEC, you know, and you prove that you can be a small number of people. You know, a small number gets a chance. Even a smaller number actually stays. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even a smaller number finds their way onto the field. Mm-hmm. And y'all accomplish that. Yes. And, and, and that's a very small group of people mm-hmm. at, a, at a very high level. But I want to ask you about Cam mm-hmm. because I, I tell this funny story, and uh, and you were part of it. Because uh, you came there after Blake had already been there one year. It was Blake's mm-hmm. second year there. And it was your first year. Yep. And he was a redshirt freshman. You were a true freshman, right? Mm-hmm. That's yes. If I remember that right. Correct. So they had the FCA banquet mm-hmm. the year you came and his second year when Cam came to the team. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd only seen Cam in A-Day, so mm-hmm. I didn't know a about Cam. And honestly, in A-Day, he didn't really show out that much. They yeah. kind of held him back. And so we're at the FCA banquet, and, of course, Blake has – uh, younger brothers, mm-hmm. and so we were there, and they give us the Auburn football, you know. And so he tells his younger brothers, he says, "You see that really tall guy over there?" Mm-hmm. And they said, "Yeah." He said, "Go get him to sign your football." Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, "I said, well, who is that?" He said, "That's Cam Newton." And I said, "I said, I, I saw a day. I said who's, who's the quarterback gonna be? Y'all, y'all don't really have a quarterback.'" He goes, "What?" And I said, well, who's the quarterback? Well, they were saying they had a quarterback right, controversy. Right, right. Never, yeah, and, and he term. looked at me and he said, Dad, we don't have a quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. He said, wait <laughs> till you see that guy play. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? And I remember the line that he said. His brothers came back and they said, hang on to that football. The first time he gets pressured and he gets out of trouble, mm-hmm. he said, then everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. And so, sure enough, you know, we see the first time he takes off. Yeah. And I thought, it looked like that guy in the pickup game Mm -hmm. in your neighborhood, Mm-hmm. That that play you remember, you remember that guy kids. in your neighborhood that couldn't nobody play with, yeah. <laughs> and he really could do whatever he wanted to, and mm-hmm. he's doing this at a high level of football. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after the game, Blake was like, "I told you we didn't have a quarterback controversy." I said, "No, we Absolutely. really <laughs> no, you really don't." <laughs> and uh, and then of course we we won the Heisman. His little brothers ran and found the ball and brought it. Now it's up at the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was a good, that was good to have a big brother on the inside. Absolutely, you know, a- before all the lines started forming in front of him. <laughs> yeah,
1: because you couldn't get a get him to sign it after he became a star. At all, Chad, yeah, that had to be cool first year in, and you're on. A a national championship yeah. team, but mm-hmm. there were several games during that year that looked like it was going to derail everything. Mm-hmm. Do you remember some of those and uh, thinking, well, oh, Kentucky man, game. this is Kentucky, – yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky gave us was a, Kentucky was yep. a big one. I think Clemson, we were, didn't it? Clemson? Uh, Clemson was close. We they went the overtime the, with them. They missed yeah.
2: an extra point, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They missed the extra point. I think yeah. it was at overtime where they missed a field goal in overtime, and we ended up taking that game. Uh, Kentucky was a close one. I think that was a 31-34 game. Yeah. Uh, the one I remember the most was that Georgia game when people were coming for Cam and you know they didn't know like we didn't know if he was going to play or mm-hmm. if he was going to do oh, dress yeah. out or anything like that. So, you know that was the most you know those are games like that and of course uh, the Tuscaloosa game, the Bama game, of course that was a big one and you know the Cam back, yeah, Cam back, mm-hmm. yeah. yep. And then we went to the SEC championship game and did what we had to do against a very good, very 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 good defense. So and a very South, good Carolina, mm-hmm. South Carolina, but South Carolina. You got – best I remember, you won
1: that game by – Two or yep. three touchdowns. Yeah, that I mean, was a away by well, then. It was well, a close
2: game in the regular season yeah. too, and then we uh we met them again and pretty much just dominated them after that. Yeah,
1: in the SEC
0: championship, you know, parents like uh, that were parents of of Chad and, and Blake. Blake was playing on special teams then and was backup, and then Chad was backing up. But yeah, y'all got up on South Carolina
2: mm-hmm.
0: where y'all went in mm-hmm. and put together a touchdown drive. You know, the the, the backups yeah. came in yeah. and went down the field, and I think Fanning scored behind y'all yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. and I and so that of course you don't forget. That when you when you're a parent oh, yeah. of, of backups and special team guys, mm-hmm. because the fact y'all got on the field and got to play. So much of that SEC championship game, that was actually cool.
2: Yeah, it was real cool. I mean, it was nothing like, you know, just being on the field during that time. And I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, like we knew where we were going to the next game. So just being able to get that, you know, that publicity out there and be yeah. able to see you and get ready for next year because you know that, you know, those, you know, it was five seniors. So I think it was four seniors on the line. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Moser was a junior, but it was four seniors on the line. So you knew you have an opportunity next yeah. year. So, you know, you're up, you know, it's the next man up mentality after that. So yeah. you just got to hope that you can get back to where you were, get back into it on this field and being where you were.
0: Well, you definitely did take advantage of it. We'll come back and we'll, we'll jump into that. We'll yeah. talk about uh, being part of a national championship team and then the rest of the time at Auburn and then going to the next level. Yeah.
2: Which is Another jump.
0: even a bigger step. Yeah. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. Rick and
2: Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This is the Rick and
0: Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetvcom slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So Chad Slade is our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, he played uh, in the SEC for Auburn, was part of the 2010 national championship team. Uh, went on to play with the uh, the well, actually, you were actually uh, picked up by the Houston Texans, but mm-hmm. then went on to the Giants, which we'll get into a little bit later, uh, where you played three seasons. So, so you guys are on the 2010 team. You you go to the the national championship, um, and uh, and and you you take that trip. Are you thinking as a freshman, man, did I make the right decision, or what? I mean, mm-hmm. your, your first your first season, you're on the team that not only goes, goes and wins mm-hmm. the national championship for a school
2: that frankly had not won one since the '50s. Mm-hmm. So what
0: was that experience
2: like? Uh, it was a big experience. I mean, because, I'm, you know, like I said, I came from a small town. So, like, you just never expect the journey that I went through to, you know, get to the spot I am today. I was very blessed to be in that situation. Um, just being on that plane and knowing that, hey, we're about to be the only game on TV that day, which is seen by everybody in the world. And I'm going to be the person that's going to be dressing out and, you know, a chance to play in the game and just be out there. It was just amazing to me. Um, I, I've never, you know, took everything for granted. I, I loved every single set of being out there with them, uh, it, it was very hard being out there in Arizona trying to do the Oregon offense. But I yeah. mean, I think we got through it, and I think we made it through. So we're still alive to this day. But <laughs> I didn't think they—I didn't think offense can go that fast. And yeah, <laughs> I they was they <laughs> blazing. <laughs>
1: so you win a national championship, you you have high hopes for the team. You come back the next year. I think the team went eight and four. Maybe Cam mm-hmm. leaves for the NFL first pick. And then things kind of started falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we've talked with Coach Chiswick about this, too. Uh, it, it, was it two years after the national championship that uh, they didn't, that Auburn didn't win an SEC game? Yeah, in 2012. And what, what do you think happened with that? You were there. Yeah. What, what, what happened? And Boy, how, going, did, how did you go from penthouse to outhouse so quick?
0: Yeah, and what was that like as a player? Because you were working just as hard yeah. for the, on, on that season.
2: Now you're starting. So what, what, what happened? Uh, we was just, a, you know, it was just a lot of things. We wasn't, you know, as close as a team, I think. The locker room wasn't as close. Uh, it's, it just wasn't feel like how Auburn usually felt. Like, you, I felt how it and felt in Auburn. I know how it is, and I know what it does to take to get there because I've seen it before, and right. I've seen older guys that I've came, Zimba, mm-hmm. Ice, mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Barry, all them, Ryan Pugh. And it just wasn't, it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like Auburn. It didn't, you know, it, I don't think we were having fun. I don't think we were, you know, going out there each and every day to play for each other. I think we were going out there to play just for stats and try to get to the league at that point. But at the end of the day, when um, I was really, really hurt about everything, because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I love Chiswick and, you know, that's my guy. He's the guy that recruited me. He's yeah. the guy that brought me in. And I hate that that year was the year that we had to, you know, let him go that year. And, you know, it was tough on me because that's the guy that brought me in, so in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what's what's next? Like, I don't know who's going to come in. Is he going to like me? Right. Like, I don't know what to do. And luckily and blissfully I got Malzahn. Right. And that helped me out so much because at the end of the day, I knew everything about Malzahn. He he was the one that brought me in as well. Yeah. And it was just tough. I mean, that year was just really, really tough on us. I mean, I went. you know, it was really hard.
0: Well, it, yeah. And, and, and Bubba and I have talked about it because, you know, me having a son on the team, I, mm-hmm. I was involved in all that. It looked like that when Malzahn left as offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. that maybe, and I and I'm a Gene Chiswick fan. Yeah, he, we he, he, we yeah. love Gene Chiswick the yeah, man. No he's doubt. the one that went and got Blake too when yeah. Blake was getting the same opportunity at Clemson to to come in as an invited walk on, and he went and said, "Hey man, before you do that, yeah. we believe you can play, mm-hmm. and we'll give you." You know, invited walk on, so you'll be just like the scholarship guys. And then if you earn the scholarship, we'll give it to you. And they did. Mm-hmm. But so I, of course, he's going to have a special place in my heart. I mean, yeah, and, you know, but, but he, um, it's almost like instead of just bringing in someone that could still run a similar offense, since that's what y'all had recruited for. Mm-hmm the offense tried to change so drastically mm-hmm. with players that were really recruited to run a Malzahn-type offense. Yeah. Do you think that played a role?
2: Yeah, that played a lot of role. Because, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, like, being in the pro-style offense, you have to be big, big linemen. Like, you have to right. be those yeah. Wisconsin, those yeah. big giants. Because you're running between the tackles mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. yeah, like, you're under center. You're running between the tackles. you got to be ready to move guys. Like, it's like, you know, you're in a huddle now. Like, you know, right. we used to be in a fast-paced offense. We're, we're little linemen. We're – I think Blake was like what, like 290, 290 yeah. yeah, around there. Like we were all like three hundred five. We wasn't built for the pro style offense. We were right. built for the spread, and we were built to go mm-hmm. fast and tempo. And I think that had a lot to do with it because at the end of the day, you know, you bring in an offensive coordinator, and it just wasn't, it just didn't feel right from everybody. We didn't know what to do. We don't know how to run this situation. It we felt weren't that powered way, didn't enough. It? Yeah, we weren't really strong enough to run this pro style offense. And I think that's what we had. We came, we ran into issues with, it. and I think we figured that out around Mississippi State because, I mean, they knew what we were doing. We had no idea what we were doing, and I remember this play exactly. We was running the outside zone uh, to the left. The guy came up to the line. The linebacker came up on the line and checked the play for us. Mm. He came over there and said check check, and he moved to the spot so he knew where the ball was going to end up being mm-hmm. at because we made it so obvious because we had we were literally at, back at the basics of being at a pro. Well, you could had to be pretty vanilla. Yeah, like we we had no idea what we were doing, and, and, and it was just it was and it hard. was a muscle offense. Mm-hmm. So you, you didn't
1: care if he knew you were going to knock him down anyway, but mm-hmm. if you're not designed for that. You're not built. For yeah, that, you're not built. It's for
2: that. a whole different thing. Yeah, because you have to be like to run that offense. I've learned you have to be at least like you got to be three thirty plus, and you got to be able to move. You gotta have role yeah. graders, and I think we <laughs> we were built for speed and doing all that right. I think that's how our old offense was even with Trey and you oh, know yeah, Kyle yeah, Frazier right. we we're all built for that I mean I hate that you know they made that offense you know Kyle's like oh Kyle's a bad quarterback this and that like no this is not the offense he's built to run he's right. built to run the miles on offense well they were it so wouldn't...
0: committed to this size thing too which trying to do it mm-hmm. probably and it did probably didn't serve that kid very well that he got through out there so fast they bring in the bigger center mm-hmm. and then now they take Blake and move him to tight end mm-hmm. so now they go put on weight now they tell him to take off weight and now they take him from 290 uh, back down to 240 mm-hmm. You know, or, and then move him out to tight end then eventually an H-back and all that was because they were trying to get you guys bigger yeah. up front, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, you know, this body types. I think Blake, if, to get to three hundred for him was about all you were ever going to get. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, just the way his body type was, and then he started moving around, playing different positions, which was good because he got he got a lot of snaps. But you could just almost feel the chaos that yeah. mm-hmm. that that was there at that time, and it and it just seemed to. Finally, you just have to hit rock
2: bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it got to the point where everybody was just like, at this point, like, yeah. we were on curfew. We were, you know, we had all these things that were going on that were not going our way. So, once it happened, I think it was kind of like a, a showed, like a thing, like a weight lifted off our shoulders once everything was over with. I mean, we, I think we lost that last game, forty nine to nothing. It was right. bad in Tuscaloosa, right. and I think that's what. I think that off season was probably our best off season I've been since I've been at Auburn from you know, people being hungry right. and you know, being ready to go. I think everybody's mindset was we gotta get back to where we were. Well
1: and you, and get, you did. You yeah.
2: get Malzahn back, you get mm-hmm. back in a familiar
1: scheme, you get back with a, a quarterback designed to run that mm-hmm. and you turn right
2: around and go back to the national title game. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the that's the thing. Like we were built for that offense. Like when Malzahn came in, I was me, Reese. I know Blake. Everybody yeah. was really excited about that because we're like, oh, we're back in our we're back in our groove again. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we we literally just we went a year without it. Now we're back in our groove. I mean, we're we're little, but we're a little bit stronger because we ran a pro-style offense. But well, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. we're a little bit stronger and faster at the same time, and now we're back pretty much back at home again. So that was a that was a great for us. I, I know I enjoyed every single second of that. And a guy who could absolutely find a hole, Trey Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved I loved Trey running. I loved having Jay Prosh behind me pulling. Oh, yeah. uh, of course I love having Big Greg on the outside, oh, yeah. um, on the left tackle because when I used to pull, it used to make me so much easier just, <laughs> just, just to see nobody there and I'm like okay. Yeah. Greg has some <laughs> Greg taken up didn't somewhere. Tell that, yeah, yeah. So it's it's been you know, and they haven't traded. We had a three headed monster in the backfield. We had Trey. We had um, Corey Grant and Cam Artis Payne. Uh, yeah, we had a three headed monster back there. So I mean, we were, and then of course you had Nick. So you know, we ran into um,
1: uh, I guess he his son played linebacker for Missouri. Rick, right? we ran into him I think in an airport. And he was telling us about, uh, about Nick, wow. and he said his son said he had never seen anybody who could fake the ball better than he – that they couldn't mm-hmm. find the ball. And his feet, oh,
0: yeah. man, his, his quickness. And,
1: and the thing – because he was so quick, he could delay. Mm-hmm. Most people will fake and keep moving. That's he right. said he was able to fake and stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your eyes quit following him when yeah. he stops, so you're looking at, at everybody, else. and then he takes off mm-hmm. with that speed, and it's too late. You, you've already lost the race.
2: Yeah, people, i tell that all the time. Like, we'll just be blocking a play, and then – like we're thinking like okay well maybe the play is over then we hear the crowd just go crazy yeah. and then you look on the screen you see Nick's pretty much halfway down the field and we're like okay well we're good then yeah. <laughs> So we thought he stopped yeah I thought yeah. we thought the play was over with because we're hearing everybody this and this we're blocking we're blocking and you just hear it go ah and then you look up and you see Nick is pretty much about to score by himself, and we're like, okay. Well. He
1: said his ability to fake the ball absolutely; the linebackers could mm-hmm. not follow where they were, and he he did have a very good talent.
0: Yeah, time. and yeah. and then you come up short in the national championship game, mm-hmm. so you got to experience winning one and being in one and yeah. not winning it. And I know I know which one you prefer. Yeah, but I mean, it, and really, honestly, taking nothing away from Florida State, mm-hmm. they were a great football team. Mm-hmm. But but you know, you have in life, I always talk about. There's the coulda ones. Then there's the should've ones. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that one falls?
2: Uh, honestly, that should have been a should've. I think I think, so I think it's a should've. Uh, I tell my wife this all the time because I think was it the anniversary like two weeks, two or three weeks ago. I think that was the first time I watched it and actually ever because I've never turned it on. No. my son wanted to see it, so I was like, let me watch this. And the stuff that were happening, I was like. We kinda of self inflicted ourselves more yeah. than we really let well, them be. It us. looked like
1: it was about to be a blowout. Yeah. You're yeah, lo-
2: up about twenty one, mm-hmm. I think. 21, 21, 21 to three, yeah. I think, or twenty one they- to ten going into halftime and you know, we came back out and I think we I think we just let ourselves, you know, I think it was self deflicting ourselves. I think we wasn't, you know, dropping passes, uh just missing blocks and I mean that was more on us than it was on Florida State. Now, don't get me wrong. Florida State had a sure. great defensive line. I was going against, um, I think, Timmy that He was a second-round pick for the Eagles. So I think I was going against him most of the game, and. When I tell you that he was way bigger and stronger. And I I think I got the aftermath of all the in and out I ate that week too. So it was <laughs> it was a it was a struggle being out there in those white uniforms. You know, we
1: were we were we were at that game and I I was me and my son were talking during that and and Auburn scored to get back ahead mm-hmm. toward the end of the game, but left a little too much time. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, if if Trey had had known and of course you can't do this. No. If mm-hmm. he'd have kneeled down on the on the one yard right. line yeah. and ran about three more plays for so so state hard never gets that. a chance to win, yeah. but mm-hmm. boy, it's a game of inches and seconds, isn't it? Yeah. Welcome
0: back. Uh, Chad Slade's our guest when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. So Bubba, it, I know that everybody, for some reason people love when you and I do Tommy John commercials, and I'm like,
1: What's funny about well, that? I mean, could, I mean, it's, they, it's, it's they're a, hoping like, we're going to model them, right? right now, uh, what it maybe is. that's what it yeah. is.
0: But you know, we're dudes, and we, we get their, your email. Yeah, we, know. Look, we, it, know. Hey, we got you out y- there. Sure. Is it that's weird? It's a
1: family show, though.
0: Is it weird to give underwear on Valentine's Day? I'm going to say no. How about it's it's weird to give bad underwear, but but not great underwear like Tommy John. Uh, if you want for the the ladies that they're catching this, the men in your life will be so excited if you get them some Tommy John. Sometimes we don't do good at picking out stuff for ourselves that are good for us, and and, and this is how comfortable Tommy John is. They're made so that the the, the underwear will be so comfortable that uh, you know that that you feel cool all the time. You feel like uh, you you're just it, like you have more energy. So right now, if it's not the most comfortable pair of underwear that you have ever worn. Tommy John will refund everything. So, th- so, so, that. so that that tells you uh, that they've designed a product they know will do the job. They're soft, they're breathable, uh, and uh, also they have some Valentine's Day pajamas. I think you'll love these. Are limited editions. Ninety eight percent of men and women love Valentine gifts from Tommy John. So, yes, ladies, they have products for you too. So, dudes, take a note of that. So, right now, go to Tommy John. .com slash rickbubba. Let's put our names together. Tommyjohn.com slash rickbubba for 20% off. Uh, Tommyjohn.com slash rickbubba. See the site for all the details. Chad Slade is our guest. Uh, played uh, at the highest level of football. Now entrepreneur, which we'll get into that too. So you have a great uh, career at Auburn. Uh, played in two national championship games. Won one, lost one. Uh, went through some ups and downs with that program at, at kind of a interesting time in Auburn football history. And now your college career has come to an end. Did you, at that point, were you getting indications that you would get an opportunity to play
2: at uh, the highest level? I mean, they were, they were coming in. I think I, I hired an agent. I think that was the thing. I, I started training, and, you know, I, I didn't know what – what was my next move. I didn't know if I was going to be drafted. I didn't know what was, you know, what was next for me, but I, I just grinded it out and, you know, worked hard and, you know, ended up getting an opportunity for the Houston Texans. So, so how, what, what yeah, is yeah, that like? Yeah. Now,
1: you, you've experienced going from Moody High School to the <laughs> SEC. <laughs> what
2: about the NFL?
1: How about that? Uh, Hello.
2: The NFL a, is a business. So <laughs> at the end of the day, like, you think that it's all gravy. It looks fun on TV. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the back the background of it is a, it's a business. And you have to know that you have to come in and people are really trying to take your livelihood at this point. Like, back then, we were just trying to take people's job and, you know, trying to get on the field. Now it's pretty much for your life. Like, you have to provide for your family. You have to do this right. and that. And now you have to to you know, you, you might not have a Kevin Yox or Ryan Russell, Coach Russell to, you know, you know, be on you grinding about twenty four seven by working out. Now it's on yourself and now it's on your own terms. So you have to make sure that you're good to go and be ready for especially, you know, being a rookie, you're gonna get the worst end of the stick of everything. So right. it's rookie year is probably once you get through rookie year, you you pretty much you're you're so you're you're pretty much solid through it.
0: So you hear this all the time mm-hmm. and I know this is it, it, I, but I love hearing this. So there's something called the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. You leave high school, you go to the SEC, the speed of the game picks up. Mm-hmm. So that's a gap. Yep. Tell me about the gap from the SEC to the NFL. Is the SEC so competitive and the athletes so good that the jump wasn't as big as high school to college uh, for the speed of the game in the NFL? Or was it a jump or even a bigger jump?
2: Uh, it was a it was a jump. It was a little jump, but it was. I think the SEC will probably be the closest thing that you get to playing in right. the NFL. I think I I think everybody you you ask anybody, and they'll say that it's more once you get to the league, it's more not of a physical game. It's more of a mentality game. So like it's you see, it's, it's of course it's gonna always be physical, but it's more of a mental game for everybody. So like you have to be able to study your opponent to an extent that you know you have to know everything that he's doing, and at the end of the day, he's still studying you because you have people that you pretty much watched on TV. For a long time when you're growing up, now you got to go against him. And you got to realize that he's more experienced. He's an old head. He's coming in here pretty much for his livelihood. He's been doing this forever. And you're mm-hmm. just trying to get to the spot that he is in today. But I think the speed from the SEC to the NFL, I think that's going to be the closest you get, but it's still more faster and it's more on the it's more physical as well. So
1: was there a particular player that once you got on the field, may have been on the team you were playing on or, or an opponent? Where you thought, gosh, I've been watching that guy since I was a kid, and here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm about to block. That's got to mess with your
0: mind. I, I mean, does.
1: is that was there a player that stood out that really hit you? Like, wow, I'm here in the NFL.
2: Yeah, it was. Um, I, I was on the Houston Texans. I came to Houston. And, um, actually, Vince Wilfork was there. So seeing Vince grow up playing with the Patriots and seeing mm-hmm. how big he was and. How strong he was. I looked at Vince. He was like 6'1. I mean, of course, they look bigger on TV, but right. his strength is still his strength. And I've, I've, seen, I've had so many crazy stories about Vince. I think I was on a team with some crazy, with a crazy lineup on defense. I had JJ, Clowney, Whitney <laughs> oh, Merciless. Oh, so those are guys I'm going against practice every single day. So it's like, you know, seeing Vince and, you know, trying to go against Vince, blocking Vince, and seeing how strong he was, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is this is a huge difference. But at the end of the day, like, I got to, you know, I got to do what's best for my yeah, family. I got to do what, what I can. Yeah. But they're savvy too. And they were wily veterans. They got tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they know. They, they, they know play dirty. they play dirty. They know everything. Like I've seen. I've seen. Uh, I is think that we, like
1: trying to push a truck back? It I is. Mean, how hard
2: is that? Uh, it's like if you get an inch on him, you win. And right, and that's that's good enough for you as a lineman because you don't see many linemen actually move this guy. Off, you can't drive him off the ball because all he is is a stub. That's so you're it. just trying <laughs> to position
0: where your back can mm-hmm. cut off you, or the quarterback doesn't get in trouble.
2: Yeah, or that you're just not going to get drove back by this big three hundred pound man. But Vince was probably the most you know. Savvy vet I've ever seen, and he was, you know, a great person as well. Like, he used to always help out us young guys, but he had them days where he'll come to practice, he was like, Hey, don't touch me. And we're over here looking like, Hey, you, you heard what he said, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? But he's like, You know, he so
0: what he, he said went, yeah, yeah,
2: because he, you know, he Vince earned was, it, yeah, he, he earned all that. Like, he <laughs> when you see Vince Will of course, he's gonna probably be in the Hall of Fame, he's gonna be this and that. Vince was the most respected guy. Probably on the team at the time, so at the end of the day, like you have to, you know, respect the old heads. If he tells you not to do nothing, then don't do it because at the end of the day, he can, you, he can do something that he knows in his head that he's more stronger and he can do something to you. So. What, was there a big
1: difference in the culture off the field because we had interviewed Sean Alexander before and he mm-hmm. said, you know, he was so used in college, hey, let's all go out to eat, mm-hmm. let's do that, <laughs> and and he and he gets in the NFL and everybody's like, man, I got a family, I'm going home, yeah. you I, know, and he's like, well, I got to get to my kids, kids home. play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was yeah. all going home out. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it was always like that. I mean, of course <laughs> it's
2: you, not
0: rah-rah like it is mm-hmm. in college and high
2: school. Mm-hmm. It? No, it's not like that. But of course you have, you know, your class that you with your rookie class, and at the end of the day, like um you always gonna be close together. So y'all two, y'all will always hang out, and then maybe the Thursday before the game, we'll go out and have an O-line dinner, which is at seven. So it gives the old heads time to go home and you know, feed the family, do what they want to do with the family, and right. then they can come back out. Then after that, as soon as dinner's over. Wife is calling them. They gotta get back in the house. It's nothing. It's nothing so, changing. So, is there?
1: A, uh, t- talk to us a little bit about the difference playing for the Texans versus the Giants. I mean, you, that, you're going to the biggest too?
0: TV market in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you,
1: you're going to the city,
0: mm-hmm. and, and they're under that, a
1: microscope yeah. all the time. And, and, yeah. and their
0: fans are not quite Eagles fans, but they're pretty brutal. Oh yeah,
2: I, we we me and my wife we figured out that out the hard way when we went to I think my first New York Giants game. I think we played the Bills, and they were yelling at us on the field. Like they were like, "Hey, y'all suck." <laughs> And we're like, like, are they offense? And then it's like, it's just crazy. It, I mean, just being up there. Wait the, I mean, we're the giants. That's
1: what you're, I'm saying. Like, we're the giants, You got our jersey on. Yeah, like
2: you got our number. Like you got Saquon number. Hey, Saquon, you need to run better. Like, okay, coach, we got you. But uh, it's just things like that. I mean, being in. Houston, I mean, it was you know the more of a environment that you know they wanted you to win. In New York, they always expected to win because of right. you know their history. They've played in Super Bowls, they've won Super Bowls. And at the time, I think it was Eli's last year when I first got there. So I got you know opportunity to see you know the great one of the greats yeah. play the game. And I think that was you know that's when I learned like they didn't even care about Eli there. They Eli, <laughs> you suck too. And I'm like, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, what are you? <laughs> but they didn't they didn't care. They just wanted to win. And, right I, right. and I and I and I understand that coming from you know seeing, you know, fans' standpoint, especially being in New York and, you know, in that division yeah. and, you know, being at those, like, Eagles and um, the Eagles and Giants game, it kind of reminded me of an Alabama-Arbor game times nine of, you know, being fans of being drunk and fighting each other. and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a wild time. It's a very wild time. All right, we'll come back. We'll finish up with
0: Chad Slade on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.
2: This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetvcom
0: slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So Chad Slade is here. Uh, we talked about uh, he's now in the NFL, uh, started out with the Texans, now uh, is with the Giants. And, um, and, and we want to get into what you're doing now. we just got a few more minutes. But mm-hmm. real quick, and then we'll get into what you're doing now. What was it like to go from Moody, Alabama to New York? As far as your family and living, did you did you live there or was it just in season only uh, that you would be in New York? So
2: I was it was in season only just because of the the expensive. Oh, man. Uh, I think I paid um, for one bedroom at the time. It was my wife and me and my two kids at the time, me and my two sons. And I had to pay for a one bedroom apartment, which is almost like I think four thousand dollars just for a one bedroom apartment. And (laughs) so I made that. I end up making home back at home, having a house here, and then you know I'll go up there for the months, and then I'll go spend that time. And then as soon as that the season's over with, because it's probably ten degrees there anyway when the season's done, I'm going straight back to yeah, I'm going straight back home. So it was it was experience. And then the crazy thing about people they don't people don't realize is when they said we lived in New York. Um, we actually lived in New Jersey. Everything was in Jersey, of course. The stadium's there. Stadium's there, everything, but I lived like right on the water so you could see the skyline of New York, which was awesome and then you can, like me and my wife, if we want to go out to date nights, we'll take the ferry five minutes across the water which was, kind of weird cuz I'm, I'm i'm from moody alabama we don't take boats don't, across do the dancy <laughs> no. to get to another city i'm like no. i don't do this like i'm from no. the south like i don't know <laughs> like i'm going here and now i'm going to a restaurant It was like i was like can i get some sweet tea they was like we only have unsweet i'm like okay well, i want to go home at this point yeah. so <laughs> chad
1: t- tell us a little bit about when you knew it was time to to hang up football and and start the second part of your life, It was that tough for you making yeah. that transition? Because all of us who played any kind of sport, you get to that point where you go, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to focus on other things. Yeah. How, how was that transition yeah, and for that, you? Yeah, and those letters,
2: not for long. It really does yeah. stand for that, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I did a solid eight years, and I think – during that time, when I, I was released at the time, I was going through a lot of things in my mind. Um, you know, I just had my dad passed the, mm. the month before that, and then I got released. So at that time, I was kind of realizing, like, you know, I have to now be that family man. And I think, you know, being eight years and being away from the family... You know, my kids, I got to watch my kids grow because this is more important. My kids, he's seven years old now. I got a seven, three, and a nine-month now, Mm -hmm. and I got to make sure I'm there for them and I want to be there for them. And I know that my son, he's missed me a lot. And at the end of the day, you know, I I told my wife and I tell my kids all the time, like, you know, y'all are important, y'all my priority, and I think it's time for me to, you know, you know, hang it up and do what I have to do and, you know, transition to this next thing in life. And that's when I bought the kolaches.
0: Yeah, you know, because we always think about, I'm, I think I'll start a business uh, and all people think of a kolaches. <laughs> now, where in the world uh-huh. did you come up <laughs> with I'm leaving now, the I'm game. glad you made that I'm choice. glad you did because yeah. they're delicious. We have mm-hmm. some in here right now. You, uh, those you don't know, he has a American kolache. When did you decide— First of all, the restaurant business is extremely tough mm-hmm. and you you you're trying to you know, your money's got to last and hopefully you manage your money. Well, what made you invest in this product?
2: Uh, it was just something that I, I thought about since I was in Houston because um, I had my experience just like y'all. I went to um, it was our rookie experience and we had to go get kolaches. And, you know, at the time we didn't have cars. Right. So we had to walk a mile down. And I'm like, if I'm walking a mile for these, these need to be good. And I literally and you gotta think about it, we was in Houston Heat, so it's like one twenty in the summer. Oh. So we I, I tried my first kolachi and now I'm walking back and forth like every other day just to get them. And you know, being a rookie, you have to be the one that always have to get breakfast for the older guys. They always want kolachi. So I think in my head I, I came back home and I was talking to my mom. We've been talking about this for years and I was like I like kolaches, I wanna bring one to Birmingham. Is is it one like this in Birmingham? And she was like, We looked, we researched, we talked to a lot of people, and they were like, No, it's nothing like this in Birmingham. I mean, they have like your donuts, you have your heroes, your shipleys, and all different kind of things, your, your Krispy Kremes. and this is what we wanted to bring to this. So we we looked into it, uh said, you know, this is what we're gonna do, we gotta pull the trigger now because if I don't put a trigger now, I'm not gonna do it. So I, I think it was a very great investment for me and the family to do it. So you discovered Kalachis mm-hmm. being on breakfast runs as <laughs> a rookie. As a rookie. And you're like, man, these veterans like Kalachis. I was like, they love Kalachis. Why, yeah. why do y'all like these so yeah. much? And then I tried them, and I was like, okay, well, I'll walk to go get them now if you want me to. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and you think about it. I mean, there are some people that do it as a, as a side product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, at American Kalachi, that's all you do, right? That That's your main – I'm sure you may do other things, but it's a, it's a variety, not just – Hey we do a lot of things and we got one we may have over here this is a variety of different kinds of kolaches and mm-hmm. we're looking at them they're, the style of them they're really kind of you know you it's a it's a different setup it's uh Rick, Rick it's
2: neat
1: to eat it really because is. It, yeah. you know it's all self-contained I've yeah. always liked yeah. Yeah. i always like
2: kolaches. Chad i'm glad you did this right. i'm really glad you did this it's, right. it's so much easier especially for like you I know wish the kids a little a bit closer and, and we're gonna work on that. oh yeah right. absolutely yeah. you that's need you
1: need uh <laughs> you know spot number two that's right we're gonna have to have more locations but <laughs> oh, yeah. absolutely.
0: But, but but you but you're being smart easing into it so yeah. is American American kolache? are you a franchise is that a franchise that you now have have got you're a franchisee is that what it is yeah Yes, I'm a franchisee. Uh, okay. it's,
2: it's, they're based out of St. Louis. Um, okay. That's where that's where American Kalachi is. Okay. Uh, it ran by a guy named Russ and uh, Bart. Um, they, you know, they were really interested about bringing it down here. They just wanted, to, you know, expand it, and you know, there was a great opportunity here because I mean, nobody's ever had them, nobody's yeah. ever experienced them, and I thought, you know, hey, let's go ahead and just, you know, it was a good deal. It was everything that was in place. It was good. We found a place that was, you know, going to be pretty decent in Vestavia on 31. And after that, we just made the best of it, and you know, and here we are now. Did Chad, that, you you also too you're you're also
1: doing some high school football coaching, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Back yes, at, I your, am. at okay. your high school. I have mm-hmm. to ask you about this now. Mm-hmm.
0: You're a lot younger than me, mm-hmm. okay? Because like I say, my son and and you are the same age, so mm-hmm. I could be your dad. So I got that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know the change, the game hasn't changed as much for you as it has for me. Mm-hmm. I've had people ask me to come back and help coach football, and I say I can't because it's not the game I played Mm -hmm. on the interior line. Yeah. You know, the blocking has changed so much, the way defensive line play has changed so much. Mm -hmm. Had it changed that much, is it still pretty much the game you know? When you go back and try to help, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same yeah, thing. I, I, I don't think kinda... I'd be able to do it. I don't know. You know, we didn't yeah. zone block. We drove mm-hmm. block. We defensive line. We read guards. We mm-hmm. didn't play gap control. So I, I, you know, I'm not sure that I know
2: much enough about how the game's played now. Yeah, it's more, it's more advanced now, but it's still right. those same techniques. Okay. So I, I kind of go based off of how I coach the kids is. Based off my old coaches, so like okay. how I was taught from growing up in college, you know, from J.B. Grimes, Jeff Grimes to, you know, oh, when yeah. I was in college. And I mean, then when I was in the NFL. I have those that have that aspect of as well as well. Um, it's, it's been very good. It's been very useful. And I think the kids love it. I think we, we had a pretty we had a pretty great season this year. We Yeah, you did. We turned it around. I think it was the best in school history. And I was just glad to be a part of it. Are you so. hard nosed? Yeah, yeah, I'm very okay. I'm, the, I'm the type that you know, I'm the I'm the I need to get back coach because I'm so I'm so competitive. I'm, right. I, I still have that player in me, so yeah. when I see something go wrong, I kind of want to go out there and do it myself. I'm like, look, just let me show you how it's done. Like did, this is how it's done. Do so. the kids realize
1: how lucky they are to have you with your experience?
2: Yeah, I mean, they 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 love me there. They you know, I I try to make it so much fun for them because I don't want to be that coach that's you know always yeah rah uh, rah you know yelling at them and all that. I want to have fun. I want to you know how I play You know, my coach. In the NFL, he wasn't a guy that would yell until he needs to yell. Right. That's how I am. Like if I if I'm we're doing good, we're having good days. That's you I mean you you talk them up, you you encourage them, you keep them going. But like if it's the days that oh they're they're being sloppy, they're being lazy, yeah. well, then that's the days that. you have to get on to them. And yeah, then, you, you you're know, trying
1: you, to get a response mm-hmm. from your player, and if you can get that response by talking to them, fine. Mm-hmm. If you have to turn it up, fine. If you have to yell, fine. Mm-hmm. But you're looking for that response. How you act is really decided on by them. I know. that's I the way I always. I, well, I told him too. <laughs> I go out there and say, look,
0: Coach, Coach, Coach Burgess is standing on the launching pad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take off. <laughs> I really don't want to blast. And I said, but it's up to y'all whether this fuse gets lit or not. Don't exactly. lie to that. Don't make me act that way. Exactly. You know, uh, so if we just do it, and, and I'm like you, and I know you're the same way, I can't stand a sloppy drill. Mm-hmm. When people being sloppy, mm-hmm. hey, everybody out here, it don't matter what kind of talent you got or expertise, everybody can hustle and everybody can do the drill
2: right. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand a sloppy drill. Absolutely not. I can't I like if if I feel like it's sloppy, I'll start the whole drill back over again. Oh like, yeah. I can type of no sloppy, I'm the type sloppy drill. Chad, like, I can't do a sloppy, lazy drill. It, since
1: you've played <laughs> it's at the a highest dream. level, <laughs> you can Rick and I have talked about this a lot. The the change from drive blocking to more of a zone block. Mm-hmm. Was that was that dictated by defenses yeah, and the so. the the blitzing that they did, and mm-hmm. how they were high confusing that, or why do you see that more now than you used to?
2: Uh, it's just more of the type of quarterbacks you have too, because you yeah, got to remember true. you got to have you have now running quarterbacks or you have a pocket passer. It just it depends on who you have. Right. And now defensive lines are more advanced of their moves. It's not just, you know, coming up and two-hand gapping you and looking for the ball. Now is you got to worry about him slanting or them twisting on, you know, run blocks or, you know, just things that you have to, you know, worry about and, right. and things. So that's why I try to teach my kids uh, more of a – in a vast way than I do everybody else because of how I was taught. Yeah. Like, you know, this is where we're going to go. We have a landmark to hit and this is the landmark I want you at and I promise you that this is going to work because it's, it's, it's proven facts. Right. So at the end of the day, like, you know, you just have to go out there and it's a mind game with the defense. Defense tried to play mind games with you all the time and you have to literally know what you're doing and stay on your track. Just like how we played, Um, I think it was uh, Missouri in 2013. You know, they went from, you know, killing us with blitzes and, you know, coming up the field and doing all that, then they started slanting. Then we started realizing, hey, all we need to do is stay on our tracks. That's it. Right. And just keep our technique and stay on our tracks. And next thing you know, Trey's going for six hundred and f- I mean the three hundred five yards. Yeah. 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 So it's it's things like that that you know that right. you have to do against a defense, and you got to know that you know you got to play a mind game before they play a mind game with you. Chad Slade, our guest in this edition of
0: Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, uh, continues success with Ameri- American Kalachi.
1: Yeah, come back and visit with us again because we, we enjoy talking to people who've done these things at the yeah. highest level. It's yeah, very it's interesting. interesting.
0: And thanks to each and every one of you for joining us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.